powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Ottawa Senators game over. Unfortunately, not celebrating our first win of the season yet. A tough loss to the Leafs tonight. Uh, here with me today, I have my good friend Jordan, who's going to help us break down the game tonight. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm good. Hello, everyone. Um, obviously, my name is Jordan. I've lived in Ottawa my entire life. And because of that, uh, I'm a huge Sens fan. Remember the 2007 Stanley Cup run and the 2017 painful run. So die hard through all of it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, me and Jordan have been good friends for a long time following the team. We're excited about this year, but obviously things haven't been perfect so far. But uh, before we get into, tonight, into tonight's game, just going to mention our sponsor. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football is back, baseball playoffs are going, and the hockey season is underway. Bet pre-game live in play or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And so it was not quite the result we expected from the Sens once again tonight. A little bit surprising that it was another low scoring game until the last few minutes there. What are your thoughts on the Sens offense so far, Jordan? Uh, honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, it's three goals in two games, which is kind of a rough start for uh, like a completely revamped offense, which you didn't think that would be the problem. And honestly, I don't think our defense was that bad in this game. It was just a problem of really not capitalizing when we had the chances and a lack of synchronization in the offensive zone between the top two lines, which haunts us for some reason. Yeah, I think it's really been a matter of execution so far for the Sens. And it's especially frustrating tonight against the Leafs, you know, that first like really big rivalry game of the season. It's uh, It would have been really nice to come on here on the uh, Steve Dangle network and be able to rub in uh, <laughs> a Leafs loss and a Sens win. But exactly. uh, unfortunately, we took the L tonight. Um, and yeah, the Senators offense just so far hasn't really clicked like late, really late in that game. When I was starting to make my notes, I was, that was the main thing I was thinking was that at that point it was before Giroux scored, we were at two goals through almost six periods of play. And we did get that late goal from Giroux, which was really nice to see him score his first as, as a Senator, hopefully many more to come this season, but Overall, that Giroux and Debrinket line with Norris, I'm not really sure if Norris is the right centerman. Now, originally everyone wanted to see Stutzla in that spot. What did you think about uh, how they've kind of switched that around in the first two games? Well, it's weird in some sense. And like, I do like Stutzla between Kachuk and Batherson for the most part. He, they've had that line has generated chances, but the Debrinket line with Giroux. I feel like they're rather pedestrian five on five. Like they haven't really done too much. That's notable besides the goal. And that goal was like a jammy play. Like mm -hmm. at this point, I'd want to see like a straight snipe from like to right? Like a feed from drew finding his man. And I, I know it's only two games in to a season with a brand new top six makeup, but it really seems that they're lacking like any sort of chemistry so far. And I would want better from someone who could make over $9 million on the next contract. And another player who's making like 6.5 million, like 
you'd think with both of their experience, it would click rather quickly, but it's hard to watch at some points. Yeah, we were seeing them kind of sling it around on the power play between Dubrinkit and Giroud in the preseason, like in, especially in those games against Montreal, they were putting up some pretty good points uh, with Pinto. And we did get a power play goal today that involved a Giroud assist. He had that great pass to Pinto. And we'll get into the power play a little bit later. But yeah, on even strength, I just, I don't know if Norris is the right center for that line, just because he's more of a sniper. And I feel like in the middle, you have to have more of a distribution game. Like if, if Giroud still played center instead of wing, and then you had Norris able to play wing, maybe that could work out. But I feel like it might be a good idea to try to go back to Stutzla on that line. I agree. And like, it's weird. They only tried it for really one preseason game. And I know there's like practices and DJ definitely saw those, but it seems weird to not try it in like a game time situation just to see how they fit. Mm -hmm. There was uh, the first preseason game. They had that line together. And as the first game, you wouldn't really expect much. And then after that, Stutzla was kind of, because they have the split squads, obviously, for travel during the preseason. Stutzla was often not on the same roster as Giroud and Dabrinkit, which is a little bit interesting because I think everyone was hoping to see him really develop some chemistry with them. And obviously that can still happen throughout the season. But early on, the fact that they've went to Norris and also like Norris hasn't had that much time to build chemistry with them either. It's, uh, it's a little bit surprising. But I do think that Stutzla has still been very good playing with uh, Batherson and Kachuk. I think they were very good again tonight. Yeah, I think they were our best line by far. They generated the most chances. It's just a question of whether you think switching it up will kind of even it out a little bit and get two dangerous lines instead of just the one. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing uh, Hannah mention in the comments that there was times where Debrinka was open and Drew just missed him or even Norris. And you wonder if that gets fixed if you switch Stutzla into that spot, if he's more that playmaker mind fits better between those two players. I'd give it a try at this point, seeing how it started and how slow it's been. Yeah, I definitely remember that one chance. Uh, it was Giroud jamming away in front. I think Norris passing the puck. And then as you see on the replay, the camera kind of drifting to the side, then you see that Dabrinka was wide open on the doorstep. And it would have been a tough play for Giroud to get it over to him. But that's one of those ones that you look back on and you're just like, oh, like that could have been a slam dunk for Dabrinka. But the vision and the chemistry just wasn't quite yet, there yet. Like, I don't think Giroud, Giroud knew that Dabrinka was wide open there. So hopefully that's something that will come with time, the chemistry. But that that was a chance that kind of stung to see. Yeah, um, it's more of like you want to see them finish there with the chances they got. Like, imagine if the Sens got a second goal and like the first or second period completely changes the game, mm-hmm. completely changes their mentality. It would be a different game, and it didn't happen. Maybe it comes with time, but it's just a little disconcerting. Yeah. Now, there's one thing that kind of relates to offense that I noticed throughout the game was, and now I don't have the exact possession stats, but I feel like the Leafs carried a lot of the puck possession throughout the game. I think they would have the edge in those stats. And one thing that we both noticed early on watching the game was face-offs started off really rough. I remember near the end of the first period, the face-offs were like 65-35 for Toronto. But now I'm actually looking at the box score now and the Sens ended up edging in face-offs at 51%, which kind of surprised me because throughout the first half of the game, I was like, oh my God, we're not winning any face-offs and Toronto is just getting the puck every time. But then towards the end of the game, we're winning more and it didn't seem like it actually helped that much. It's interesting how you like, 
It's true. Uh, it completely flipped and you didn't really notice mm -hmm. like the, you would think we'd get better attacking opportunities, being able to set up um, better breaks from the defensive zone from getting the puck first, but it didn't really change that much. And I think it's why a lot of people are starting to question the system instead of just the personnel as well. Mm -hmm. And what do you, what do you mean by that? Is there something kind of in DJ's system that, uh, that you have some qualms with? Well, I think I've seen online, at least a lot of people complain about the defensive structure because it's very uh, haphazard a lot of the time. It's sort of like it feels like they're frantic in the defensive zone at some points trying to cover the next man. Mm -hmm. And in the offensive zone, there's never a lot of co uh, cohesion. So it, it seems like on some level that could be new players coming in. You don't really know where they are. But on other levels, it seems like what's DJ telling them? Where are they supposed to be? Is that affecting things? And I think he's on the hot seat. Like he has to be right. Like you make all these changes in the off season and they're supposed to improve the team, but it's up to DJ to deploy those players in the right way. And I think if they continue being disappointing, you have to look at that. Yeah. I hate to like jump on a coach after the first two games and I'm not totally like disappointed with DJ so far in through these first two games, because I did think the team played a lot better overall tonight, but it is a bit of an interesting storyline being 0-2 going into the home opener now with these high expectations. And we have Boston up next and Washington after that. And we know those are two really good, really experienced playoff teams too. And not picking up a win in these first two games kind of has me scared that we might end up like 0-4. I really hope not. But then at that point, it's then I start thinking about the coach because especially... No offense to Buffalo, but that really should have been a winnable game. And this was definitely a winnable game, too. We did play really well, but it was just mistakes at the end that did us in. So I, I'm getting, I, I have to admit, I am starting to get a little bit worried. I don't want to jump the gun on anything about, like, firing the coach or anything like that. But it was, it left kind of a bad taste in my mouth the way this game ended. Yeah, mine too. It was just, it was a game that was disappointing in that, like, it was, more than enough from the defense but not enough from the offense and it felt really winnable yeah and it felt like a game that in some cases Toronto didn't deserve to win it felt like a game that deserved to go to overtime but it was honestly pretty even so it's hard to say yeah I was really hoping for overtime even if even if we lost just to pick up that pick up one point in the standings you know and uh it would have been great to come on here and gloat about a win but uh not yet. We'll, we'll get you next time, Leafs. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that last play there, that goal by Justin Hull, it seemed like it was a little bit of inexperience in the defensive zone because I noticed on the replay, it was kind of like, well, in real time, I noticed how did the slot get wide open? And then on the replay, we kind of saw Pinto chasing the puck carrier at the point and then no one covered for him in the slot. And what do you know? They bring it back down the wall and right into the slot. I don't know if I can put that all on Pinto or if someone should have covered for him. But after such a good defensive game, it sucks to see like kind of an obvious mistake like that be the reason that you lose. It's rough, yeah. And it's just, I think it's just a missed assignment on that case. I think it was Batherson on that play who followed Pinto to chase Marner at the point where he should have broken off and uh, trailed the man at the back of the, uh, the, back of the ice there. It happens... It's just rough to lose that way, especially after we go down 2-1 in the last like six minutes and then tie it. And you mm -hmm. think, okay, there's a chance. We, we got this. We're still playing well. And then 
it, it just gets the wind out of your sails and it, it felt like we had no chance after that one in yeah it was i was pretty pessimistic after the Nylander goal and then you get like two minutes of optimism when Giroud scores and then it didn't last very long right back down again but uh yeah in terms of the defense like it's very interesting to see that defense overall because like even though we allowed three goals and it was the mistake at the end there that did us in it's been interesting to see that the defense has been better than the offense so far that is definitely not what i expected from this team like and i like we said earlier i think it'll be a matter of chemistry and people on offense figuring things out but i just wonder sometimes if a team focuses too much on defense when they don't have like the best defensive personnel sometimes they have to sacrifice a lot of offense at the same time. And mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if that might be a worry here. I think that's fair. I do think that Jake Sanderson has come in and been like brilliant off the bat. Like I do mm -hmm. think he's propped up this defense a lot to make it look a lot better than it is. But you, that is a good question. Like you're seeing them turtle, especially offensive players at times. And you wonder if you, if you set them to go more full force, if that would engage more of the offense and create less of this, like less of this uh, defensive zone time because routinely we got uh, we got locked into the defensive zone and we didn't allow like too many awful high danger chances I thought but if you're in there that long things are bound to happen yeah the uh, they definitely the Leafs definitely carried uh, most of the offensive zone possession time like they had a, like a few minutes more than the Sens. I think, like you said, it's kind of the turtle mentality of like, oh, we really need to focus on defense. And uh, they kind of overcommit to the point where, yeah, you're not allowing as many goals, but then we just don't see as much on offense. Like, I think most of the Sens' best chances today came on the counterattack, which against the Leafs is not the worst uh, game plan. It's probably better than trying to like outpossess them because they're just so good at the possession possession game and speed game that if you try to match them with that, they'll just beat you. But yeah. I would have liked to see more like chances off the cycle and more somehow more puck possession. I'm not sure that might be a little bit contradictory of saying like counterattack is a good strategy, but also we didn't see en enough chances tonight. I don't know. Uh, well, I think you do have a point in that like counterattack is great, but it doesn't tire out the other four. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas we got them hemmed in like, two or three times but think about how many times the Leafs did that to us right like if we hem them in for a good couple of minutes like a couple times a period those defenders get tired it impacts the rest of the game it gives us better chances on the rush if those defenders are fatigued so I think it's an underemphasized point that they need to work on I want to see more bite in that offensive zone, more passing more uh like more scarcity. Like I want the other team to be scared when we're in their zone locked in instead of just, it's a bunch of puck fumbling. It feels like a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of their passes were not crisp tonight. That's something that really needs to be worked on. I think is just the execution of plays like that. And you made a great point uh, talking about just being able to uh, tire the other team out and kind of wear them down. Like we don't really, we didn't really see any of that in this game and certainly not against Buffalo in the first game either. It's just, uh, I don't know. They need to, they need to up the pressure a bit. I remember in the first period against Buffalo, the forecheck was fantastic and it was generating turnovers. Lots of that's where most of our scoring chances came from in that game. But tonight, I didn't see nearly as much of that. Yeah, it's true. And like Toronto's a better team, so obviously that's going to change things. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like it should be an integral part of 
the game plan because I feel like what happened to the Sens is they just got tired. Like at the end of the game, you miss an assignment and that could be related to fatigue. Mm-hmm. It, it could just be you're not thinking the right way. Yeah. And even the the power play goal by Nylander, another misplay by Norris when he could have just banked it off of his backhand out of the zone mm-hmm. and it, he ended up falling the turnover of the goal. I feel like if you have fresher legs, those mistakes don't happen as much. And maybe the offense of the other team doesn't execute if they're not more fatigued. So it's something I like to see them incorporate more, but in a DJ dump and chase, you have to wonder if he's capable of instilling that. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a case of uh, execution on those plays. Like Norris definitely had a chance to get the puck out there. It's, it's these little mental mistakes that like you said, when you're defending all game, that stuff is going to happen eventually, no matter how well you defend, you're going to be under pressure. If you're under pressure for that long, eventually those those things are going to happen. Now, on defense, though, we did briefly mention Jake Sanderson, and I want to ask what you thought about his game tonight, because I thought he was fantastic once again. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing else to say besides fantastic. He defends so well. He pushes players to the perimeter. He's great with his stick. He had one or two kind of like not great turnovers, but of course he's a young defenseman. You're going to expect that from someone like that. And just the way he can break out the puck, he can control it. And at the same time, push a defender to the outside wall. He knows what to do already like within two games which is crazy for a defenseman so i'm really excited i think we do have a gem there Mm -hmm. it's like you said it's really amazing seeing how quickly he's able to just know what to do at the nhl level like it it's such a step up from college and seeing a young defenseman be able to learn that quickly and make this make the transition so seamlessly especially when we see a guy like Brancham still trying to kind of figure it out, although I did think he was pretty good again tonight. But you see a guy like Sanderson being able to step in and play over 20 minutes against a top, pretty much the top offense in the whole league in the Leafs, right? I thought he was really impressive tonight. And he picked up his first NHL point too, which was really nice to see. That's true. That's true. Yeah, nothing bad to say about Sanderson. Just Mm -hmm. solid, and it's really encouraging that he looks this good already because just more NHL time will make him better. Yeah, exactly. And... On the other end of the spectrum tonight, I do think we have to talk about Nikita Zaitsev's appearance on defense that we weren't expecting to see before the game, but he did, uh, for lack of a better term, he reared his ugly head tonight. I, I, It's hard with Zaitsev. Like, I don't think he's a bad person, and I wish him the best, but he's just not a great defender. He doesn't have the brain for it. And he tanks every pair that he's on. And I actually thought Brenstrom was pretty decent tonight. Again, confident with the puck moving up ice, but whenever you attach Zaitsev to any player, he acts like an anchor in a lake. Like they just get stuck. They have to repeatedly back check and make sure that they're farther back just because they need to recover his mistakes. It's frustrating. And I didn't think he added much tonight. Like I hope Holden had an injury or something, um, that took him out because I didn't really see anything from Zaitsev to make me think, oh, DJ put him in because of this. Mm-hmm. I think I said to you earlier during the game is that I hope it wasn't a deliberate decision by DJ to put Zaitsev in. I hope it was yeah, like yeah. he had to, although hopefully Holden will be able to return for the next game. I don't really know uh, the extent of that yet, but at least the one thing that leads me to believe that he didn't really want to play Zaitsev was Zaitsev only played 12 minutes tonight, which is quite low even for a bottom pairing D. That is, and yeah, a lot true. of 
a lot of times we saw Branstrom, who was his partner. Branstrom was out there with Shabbat quite a few times, like on offensive zone draws too. So I do think DJ was sheltering Zaitsev a bit, which helped him. But uh, I don't know. My main thing with Zaitsev is that he just ices the puck a lot. Like really struggling to make decisions on the breakout. And there's some plays where it seems like his brain just kind of stops working. And it's like, okay, I'm icing the puck and that's it. Yeah, he's very much like a one-task player. Like he thinks, let's get the puck out without any of the nuances involved. Like, oh, that could be an icing. That could be an over-the-boards penalty. He just shoots it. And that's how it ends up in a bad place. Um, And I think like he didn't really help us tonight. And 12 minutes isn't a lot. I'll give DJ credit. Uh, That's less than I thought he would play him. Um, But again, I didn't think he really did anything. And it would have been nice to at least have like maybe a positive with Holden. I guess we'll see what that situation is about. Yeah, at at least we can say Zaitsev didn't hurt us tonight. But I do think part of that was the sheltered ice time. For sure, uh, yeah. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to touch on tonight was the power play. Because the power play was very disappointing to me in the first game. But tonight... They did pick up a goal, and I thought they looked much better overall. Yeah, there was a goal, um, of course, by Pinto, and then a post by Kachuk, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a lot better. It was moving really quickly. They were passing, creating open seams. Um, it, it actually felt like they were pressuring the other team a lot and that they were scrambling a bit when they were penalty killing, which last game they were having trouble like breaking into the zone and things like that so it was definitely refreshing to see i was really happy with that um i think they still need to find a way to get to more open Mm -hmm. on his side uh try to move him around a little bit more maybe get some like chaos on the right side and then open up his left in the slot um because he should get some more shots but overall i was impressed and i think if we got another one we could have scored I definitely agree about uh, Dabrinkit on the power play. Not that we want them to try to force the puck to him, but I don't think we've seen very many one-timer opportunities from him yet. I remember no. uh, during the game, they had mentioned that in the game against Buffalo, they said that Dabrinkit had seven shots on goal. And we we both heard that stat and neither of us believed it. And I know. Then, and today, today, it was two shots on goal from him. I, I don't really remember if either of them were like particularly good chances. Like he did pick up an assist, but I think it's kind of it's kind of growing pains for Debrinket right now on both. Uh, like obviously we talked about their line at even strength earlier too, but even mm. on the power play, I definitely like to see them get him more involved. Kind of like like their their experience at feeding Norris the puck for one timers on the other side. Hopefully they can figure it out for Debrinket on the left side. You know. Yeah, yeah, you'd think you just like swap the strategy there. Yeah. But I mean, other teams are like, they're obviously marking to brick it. They, they know what he can do. Mm-hmm. So I, I do agree. I think it's growing pains, but it would be nice to see some tactical movement that would kind of switch that up. But like on the other side of the spectrum, I did want to mention, I, I saw in the comments, the penalty kill was really good tonight. Like mm-hmm. even the goal that they scored was just like a misplay. It wasn't really the like a structural fall. It, it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the, on the penalty kill, especially, like, I feel like it's mostly been carried by Sanderson. I know I have come up a lot, <laughs> but they, they put him out starting all the penalty kills. So DJ is already showing a lot of trust in him, and he's done a great job so far. And even though we're missing Connor Brown and Nick Paul from our previous penalty kill, I feel like Tyler Mott and Joseph have done a very good job out there as well. When they get the puck and they, they have a bit of space to skate it, they have the speed 
to get it out and they don't necessarily always have to do uh, a dump and change. I, I think the penalty kill has been a really good bright spot so far too, despite the goal allowed. Yeah, it's definitely been positive. And like, even to add to that, uh, Alex Fermentin also isn't there right now. That's and right. So we're entire like personnel change. And I think Ma was a great signing. I don't like the third line hasn't been amazing so far, but on the penalty kill, he's definitely been a positive. So mm -hmm. can't sing his praises enough. Yeah. I, I would definitely like to see more from that third line at even strength. I don't think they've been generating a lot of chances so far. I did think Joseph was very good in the Buffalo game, but he was a lot quieter tonight. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Pinto had the goal on the power play. And like you said, Mott shines on the penalty kill. Again, some work to do at even strength, but I do think the special teams overall are improving. Like we said, the power play was better tonight and the penalty kill was good in both games. So I think that's a good sign so far too, because even if just one of the power play or penalty kill is awful, that can sink your entire seasons like right there. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to have some co cohesion on one unit. And I think um, the power play is going to improve over time. Once mm -hmm. players learn where the other player is, it's definitely going to be a bright spot with the personnel we have on there. So I think special teams is definitely a strength. You just hope that the five on five catches up soon. Yeah, I agree. And that second power play unit too, I wanted to say like, it's kind of a mishmash of new players. Like, they're pretty much all new players, except for Pinto having played some games before. It's an I think it's an interesting strategy from DJ to keep all of last year's power play unit, which was kind of like just okay last year. It's, uh, you know, he's kept that together and hasn't really mixed things up yet. So then you have them being kind of just okay. And then you have the second unit being a whole bunch of new guys trying to figure things out. I wonder if we should stick with that for a while, or I wonder if we should try to move things around and try, you know, Stutzla maybe on the other unit, switch a few things around. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, it's an interesting question. Like, I wonder what they're going to do over the next couple of days when we hear like tweets about like the morning skate, which personnel is out there on the power play. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they'll touch it considering it improved this game. But I wonder, like, if you switched, like, I don't know, like, uh, Stutzla for someone on that other unit to get a playmaker out there between Drew and Debrinket, maybe brought, like, I, I don't know, um, maybe Mott or Pinto, or even, like, inserted Joseph in the place of Mott and brought him onto mm -hmm. the other unit. You could have, like, more balance there, maybe. And I think, like, a lot of people remember Norris just like scoring bombs from that right slot and they're salivating at that. And the fact that that works so much on the power play is what people want to keep together. Maybe what, how DJ views it, why he wants to keep it together. But I think you do have to be careful about other teams adjusting, especially to that and trying to get two really good units out there consistently to make the other team uh, like scared, make them feel like they could get scored on. Yeah, those Norris one-timers is something that we really haven't seen so far in these first two games. I'm not sure if I've even really seen him tee one up yet, which is a little bit disappointing because that was something really nice last year to have that big weapon on the power play. Mm -hmm. But And mm -hmm. I wonder if maybe, again, it might just be early season execution, but I wonder if maybe mixing things up on the power play a little bit could open up uh, some more un unexpected opportunities for the opposition because at the same time, everyone knew last year if you were defending the power play against the Sens, just cover the Norris one time, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Maybe, and maybe something like putting Giroux out there on the first unit maybe he can uh mix things up in terms of playmaking and a little bit of creativity out there to find norris in different ways maybe something like that's that. that's a good idea yeah i would try something like that um 
I think you give the power plays the way they are a couple more games because of the positive upswing in this one. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, especially if you're DJ on the hot seat, you kind of have to look at everything. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I definitely want to shout out Anton Forsberg tonight too, because I thought he was great again. Very good in Buffalo. And even though his stats are just kind of middling tonight, I think he saved our bacon quite a few times out there. Oh, definitely. And it's funny because I feel like when we signed Forsberg, I was like, okay, like I like him so far, but I was a little scared because of uh, Mike Condon, and Andrew Hammond, all the poor mm -hmm. uh, backup de like uh, decisions we've made lately. Yep. Um, and seeing a goalie come in, do really well, felt a little bit like de deja vu and a little bit like, oh, I have PTSD from this. Don't get close to me. But um, he's done well so far. And I do think that he is someone that like, he's a starter now. He's mm -hmm. worked his way into that role, and that's really impressive from a waiver wire pickup. It really is. I I had the same opinion as you is that uh, when we gave him the, I think, three-year extension, it was like, felt kind of early. It's like, maybe you should have waited like another year, like give him a one-year deal sort of thing to see if he's for real. But so far in these first two games, he really is playing like he's for real. And unfortunately, with the Talbot injury, he's going to have to play like he's for real for the the next month or so for the sentence to really uh stick around in the conversation this season but he's really impressing me so far so that was nice to see tonight yeah he's been great and i think the sends don't have a back-to-back -back in like the first like month or two mm -hmm. uh, at least during talbot's injury so it's possible he could get every start <laughs> we'll have to see but yeah i kind of do want to see magnus helberg just out of curiosity but i don't but like you said with no back-to-backs i don't know if it's even going to happen yeah it's hard to say mm-hmm and then while we're on the topic of goaltending, we do have to mention Matt Murray because we were really <laughs> hoping that we would be facing him tonight and have that storyline. But uh, this is our one little chirp that we can get in here against the Leafs is that, wow, what a surprise that Matt Murray got injured again. No one could have seen it coming. <laughs> I mean, like, how, how could you have thought that Matt Murray would get injured um, after one game? After like, that's, one that's game. the funniest part. I thought this was going to be a storyline after like a month. Mm -hmm. Like, and then he would get injured for a couple of games and then a couple of people would be like, ha, see, no, it happened after one game where he in practice, uh, moved wrong, went to the bench left. And then they tweeted, oh yeah, it's going to be a month by yeah. the way. So I was surprised that the, like, obviously we don't, we didn't see the exact thing that got him injured, but I was surprised to see that he's going to be out for at least a month, like so soon into yeah. the season. Like you would think most injuries that happen in practice is like, oh, you tweak something. You might have to miss a few games. But that seems like a surprisingly long injury, but I guess not so much surprising that that Murray is injured again. And I don't want to rag on the guy too much because I do wish him uh, personal success, but I don't know. I like I I hope he comes back from his injury and does pretty well for the Leafs, but then they lose in the first round again. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That'd be really funny. Mm hmm. I, I wonder, though, like, how many injuries does he go through? And then the Leafs are like, well, we could use the LTIR cap space. Like, of course, this is really premature to talk about that. Yeah. But it, it just feels like he's always injured. And he didn't even have a great first game. And then he gets injured immediately after that. Like, I want him to succeed. The guy seems like a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. Nothing against him. But you have to be on the ice if you're going to contribute in any way. And he just hasn't been. So I guess we'll have to see. I think Leafs fans need to be hoping that uh, Kyle Dubas's original plan was for Samsonov to uh, play more games this year and kind of take over, like past this year as the starter. Obviously, they were probably hoping for more of a split 
But now it'll be interesting to see how Samsonov handles the pressure because he was kind of like the goalie in Washington that was uh, supposed to take over and it didn't really work out there. So it'll be interesting to see if he can do it in Toronto where the pressure might be even greater. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. I think there'll be a lot in his back. But I mean, he's been good in the, the last two games. And I thought he was good against Ottawa too. Didn't have to make too many like high danger saves, but there was chances where I remember one where Mott like swatted at the puck where the defender was crossing in front of the net and surprised him and he still made the mm-hmm. save. So that shows that he's zoned in. So yeah, I think Leafs fans should be happy with him so far. Yeah, and uh, with that, we are coming near the end of our show here. Uh, looking ahead to the next couple games here, just quickly, what do you want to see from the Sens and the home opener against Boston? It would be really nice to see a palpable step to their offense on 5v5. Five five. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see Debrinket get a couple of good looks. You want to see Norris get a couple of good looks. You want to see Stutzla. I want to see him score. I don't want to have the same like 13 game period where he's like really just clutching a stick, hoping for anything. He's had chances. He's been unlucky, frankly. You just want the offense to click and show that they deserve to be here. They deserve to play meaningful games and that eventually that can be a solid core because the disarray there has got me like a little concerned. It's only been two games. I know, but you do want to see a click, a palpable click. And I don't know if we've seen it quite yet. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. I'd like to see some more goals. Obviously, a win. It'll be tough against Boston, but as long as it's another close game, maybe an OT loss, if not a win, because obviously we need to get in the win column. But like you said, yes. I'd, l- I'd really like to see the offense get going next game, even if maybe the defense lacks a little bit more, just because it'd be nice to see some more scoring excitement. It's been a little bit dry for scoring in the first couple games here, but... It has. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it can only improve with time once players learn where each other are. But yeah, it's something that has to improve. And if it doesn't, you have to look at everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully better things coming for the Sens next week. Uh, our next broadcast of Game Over Ottawa will be hosted by Charlie because I will be at the home opener. So that'll be fun. Hopefully I'll see you win. And hopefully all you are back for the next stream on Tuesday. Signing off. Yes. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in.